From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 1st of February 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight Story, we run through everything happening in politics in February. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. But first, what's happening this month? We finally made it to February, after what felt like an extra long January. So, as it's the start of the month, we're going to run through the elections, referendums and votes you can expect between now and the end of the month. Things kick off on the 5th of February, where there are three political events to look out for. These are a constitutional referendum in Ecuador, a presidential election in Cyprus and a general election in Monaco. Cyprus's presidential election is a two-round system, so if, or more likely when, no candidate gets over 50% on the 5th, a second round will be held a week later. The president of Cyprus is the head of state and head of government. Voters in Ecuador are being asked to approve or reject eight measures proposed by right-of-centre president Guillermo Lasso. These include proposals that would allow the military to support the police in fighting drug trafficking, reduce the number of lawmakers in the National Assembly, environmental measures like creating a water protection system, and more. A week later, on the 12th of February, the German capital, Berlin, will hold an election for its state parliament. Now, this is not an ordinary election. This will actually be a rerun of the election that happened back in September 2021. A court ordered the election to be repeated due to serious systemic flaws in the initial vote. It's important to note that election fraud has not been alleged. The irregularities stem from the fact that four votes were held on that same day, which also coincided with a Berlin Marathon. This meant there were problems like polling stations being inaccessible, ballots being sent to the wrong place, people being issued incorrect ballots and more. On February the 19th, Bangladesh will elect a new president, which is largely a ceremonial position. The president is elected indirectly by the parliament, which is dominated by the Awami League, so the result is unlikely to be surprising. Finally, on the 25th, we get to the month's biggest election, which is also one of the biggest this year. Nigerians will elect new presidents as well as members of the National Assembly. Nigeria is Africa's largest democracy, and President Buhari is constitutionally barred from running for re-election, so the contest is being closely watched, with economic hardship and worsening security being key issues. Nigeria is dominated by two political parties, the ruling All Progressives Congress and the opposition People's Democratic Party. But a third-party populist outsider candidate, Peter Obi, has had the most international attention. He's running on the Labour Party ticket, and his popular support among the youth has seen him lead the traditional party's candidates in polling. However, a lack of reliable polling means there's a lot of plausible outcomes. Okay, so that's some of what to expect this month. But there's a lot more going on around the world, so here's a rundown of three other stories. In a highly publicised visit, the Pope visited South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of the Congo this week. He used this trip to expressly tell other wealthier countries not to exploit Africa, in a particularly fiery opening speech to the Congolese parliament. In this, he said, hands off the Democratic Republic of the Congo, hands off Africa. He went on to say that the Congo's vast mineral and natural wealth is a diamond of creation and that wealthy foreign interests shouldn't carve up the country for their own interests. 
They should additionally acknowledge their role in the economic enslavement of the Congolese people, he said. The Congo was formerly a colony of Belgium, and while the Pope didn't mention them by name, his words of condemnation are likely at least in part directed towards them. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. We move to Italy now, where a convicted anarchist, Alfredo Cospito, has been moved to a jail in Milan amid fears that his health is worsening due to a more than 100-day hunger strike. Cospito is in prison for the kneecapping of an Italian nuclear energy boss in 2012 and the double bombing of a police academy in 2016. He's on hunger strike in protest against his treatment in jail, where he's under the strict 41-bis isolation regime, which is normally reserved for top mafia bosses. He was placed under this strict regime, which has been criticised by some as unbearable and a medieval form of punishment, after he wrote articles from prison encouraging fellow anarchists to continue their armed struggle. There have been street protests by anarchist groups against Cospito's treatment in prison. Italy's foreign minister has even increased security at Italian embassies around the world, saying that they're at risk of anarchist attacks. In some embarrassing news for the UK today, it's been revealed that HMS Vanguard, a nuclear submarine, has been repaired using glue. During an inspection of the cooling pipes, a bolt fell off. The defence contractor, Babcock, simply glued the bolts back on and reported it as a procedural glitch, without mentioning that they simply glued the bolt back on. This story was first reported in The Sun, who spoke to a Navy source about the incident. They said that it's a disgrace. You can't cut corners with nuclear. Standards are standards. Nuclear standards are never compromised. In response to this story, a spokesperson for Babcock said that any quality-related issue is a huge disappointment, but our own robust inspection processes discovered the issue. There was no safety or operational impact from the work. In a recent daily briefing, we told you about a tiny radioactive capsule that went missing in the Western Australian outback. For our final story today, we can update you on the story and give you some good news. Incredibly, the capsule has been found. The state's emergency services carried out a relentless search operation over the past six days along a 1,400-kilometre stretch of the Great Northern Highway, where the capsule had been lost. The radioactive capsule was found near the town of Newman, near to where its journey had begun, thanks to specialist radiation detection technology. An investigation is underway as to how the situation happened, and charges could be laid if negligence is proven. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing, that's over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. 
That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.